Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing? Doing alright, doing good. Uh, As you may be able to tell from Robert's voice, he is on the road again. Hopefully it won't go as bad as last time in terms of the Wi-Fi. You you sounded fine and everything, Um, but hopefully it doesn't uh, break up and, and stuff. Are you in the same like hotel before or are you like different area or like only different city pretty much every time that i've called from the road i've been in a different city and i was a little worried about tonight because there's no carpet in this hotel room so i'm getting a bit of an echo on my end oh. i just don't know if that's getting translated over to your side no it sounds pretty sounds pretty clear to me so should be all good uh what have you been playing recently well age of empires the new one got down uh, released for game pass so I downloaded that and gave it to try, only to discover that even though I have 16 gigs in my new PC build, less than 8 are available, so i got to go through my settings oh. and see what's up with that. Because while I have no problem throwing another 16 gigs into it, I'd much rather figure out why just normal uh, OS operations plus running you know, a stream is taking up over 8 gigs of my memory. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, a little bit more time in the new world. I'm still grinding out some uh, uh, crafting because I can't really seem to progress and where I'm at now with the story because it's raid cap and you can't seem to find five people to want to do the raid because of a crafting thing in that it's damn near impossible to get the materials to do the raid. A uh, little bit of the games that I found on Game Pass, but nothing really worth talking about. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've uh, continued playing <clears throat> a bunch of uh, Metroid Dread. Uh, I've played quite a bit since I've opened up two new areas, I think. Um, and I'm just like fully in the swing of things with with that game. Um, and all, all I do now, a- a- any time I get kind of stuck, I just because I'm following this particular series on YouTube, and uh, that's really kind of helped me out i do try and like figure things out for my own for a little bit but you don't want to be stuck on the same thing for hours or days like i was before uh so it's just it's just a simpler way to kind of play the game and i have more fun doing it that way so uh but for the most part i've been able to figure out oh what's that noise i've been uh for the most part i've been able to figure out um like what i'm doing and stuff uh and what's that noise I don't hear anything on my end unless you're picking up the uh, heating unit for my uh, hotel room. Okay, okay. Alright. Um, I think that's an echo of me, actually. I can sort of slightly hear myself. So, um, what what are you uh, talking to me on, like a phone? I'm talking to you on a Bluetooth headset. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I've been, uh, just kind of, like, fully in the swing of things with it and everything, and, uh, doing really well on it, actually. I don't know how long I've got left, but I did hit quite a few major story beats. Uh, I've now got into this island with this, got, like, dinosaurs and stuff on it, which is, which is quite cool. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going really, really great. I mean, uh, it's probably going to be in my game of the year list. Because I'm enjoying it that much, I just don't know where specifically. But I still don't think that, that I, I still think there's two games that aren't really going to beat it. 
uh, for me. So, um, or sorry, two games that are going to still beat it uh, for me, which is two that I've talked about before. Um, but no, I'm really, really enjoying it. I've unlocked a bunch of new abilities. I think since the last podcast we did, I've unlocked three new abilities. One is called like the Flash. Um, uh, it's like a it's like a dash thing or something. Uh, basically, what that allows you to do is just quickly move from like one area to the other, kind of in the way that the Flash does. But I can only sort of do it as like a shift. I can't actually run around like the Flash. I can kind of just uh, do a little dodge sort of thing. Uh, I unlocked this um, like speed boost ability, uh, which basically lets you get through certain walls um, because there's like these particular blocks that that like block certain paths and. Uh, if you uh, if you shoot these walls normally, it will show you these like yellow kind of boxes, um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's really good. And then the other one I unlocked is uh, almost turns me into kind of Spider Man because uh, there's these blue kind of um, parts on the walls, like this nanotech kind of thing, and I was able to like cling onto it on the walls before. But now I've unlocked this like rope that I can shoot and I can like propel myself forward. It's really cool actually. Um, I can't like actually play the game like Spider-Man. What I mean is that that, that ability when there's like blue parts on the wall. Uh, I'm able to sort of literally grapple onto it. Uh, certain points where you actually grapple and you pull yourself towards a wall or a ceiling. And there's certain parts where you um, use it against certain blocks again. And you like pull the block away, and then you can you can obviously pass through the the, the level. Because um, it was it's it was funny. Like, I was going through the game for so long, and I kept seeing these blue blocks everywhere. And I was like, how eventually am I going to be able to move them? Because they kept getting like in the way. And then obviously I unlocked that ability. Uh, it's fun to kind of like once you find stuff as well. Obviously I'm doing that kind of with a guide, so to speak. But I only use that again if I if I sort of get lost. Um, but yeah, I am fighting against this like mini boss in this new area that I've got and uh, I'm struggling a bit, but once I find that with certain like, it's not really a boss fight, but certain enemies that are more difficult, once you get into a particular rhythm of dodging them and shooting them and dodging them and shooting them or countering them, uh, you can uh, get, get along with it pretty well. Um, so yeah, for anyone that's playing the game and kind of wants a reference as to where I am, it's the it's when you get into a shuttle kind of thing like you do to travel between the areas and there's a bunch of dinosaurs kind of or little dinosaurs sort of waiting for you it's this like woodsy type of area like a forest sort of thing so i think it's like the fifth or the sixth different area um but it's it's going really great it's uh it's going really good um i tweeted out yesterday uh, i'm not i'm not going to like read my tweet or anything but uh the the amount of satisfaction I get from excuse me even doing like little things on this game like finding just finding things and progressing feels really good uh, almost to the same degree as like when I do a time trial on Crash the only difference there is when you do a time trial on Crash that's a lot more uh, infrequent as opposed to doing something in in Metroid because uh, you can do you can you can progress in Metroid pretty quickly if you kind of no way you're looking. Uh, so that's uh, really good so far. Uh, any thoughts on like Metroid or anything at all? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the core of the original Metroid experience is 
how do I get past this? Oh, here's a new thing. Oh, here's how I get past that. Mm-hmm. And actually, that game was fairly revolutionary at the time for the original Metroid, for the NES slash Famicom, because I'm. it's one of the earlier games where you could travel left and right. Mm-hmm. Not the first one. The first one that I can remember is the uh, Pitfall, which was a uh, kind of an Indiana Jones-inspired uh, side-scroller for the Atari 2600. That one you could travel left and right, but that was that was fairly innovative at the time because most games either was a single static screen or it was just a straight left to right side scroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm I'm having a really good time with it, which surprises me because as I said on uh, Geek Town, which has come out for this week, um, I don't like the idea of a Metroidvania, but I'm playing one, so. Um, just this idea of like, oh, you have to backtrack to this isle, to this area that you went to before, and you have to go all the way there and get the thing and come back. But something about the way Metroid Dread does that is very rewarding. I think it's just that idea to me when when I know where to go and where to get something, which isn't always through the YouTube videos that I watch. Um, sometimes your uh, like AI machine that you talk to will give you will like tell you something, um, and then. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty good. But uh, so I've got quite a few upgrades so far. Uh, the one the thing I'm probably gonna end up getting next. Uh, so I've got like a heat-proof suit. I can go into hot areas, not into lava. I can't really go into like lava sort of thing. Or well, you can for like a very limited amount of time. Um, but I started coming across certain cold areas, so I'm guessing I'm gonna get like a cold-proof suit sort of thing it makes sense doesn't it if you're going to do hot you're probably going to do cold as well so uh yeah that's like you know when you go into those areas you start freezing to death basically so i need to find that particular suit but uh i need to basically beat a little uh, mini boss first and then try and progress forward so uh it's good it's very good uh, i'm really having a good time with it um What's the other thing I've been playing? Played a little bit more COD. I've just been mainly playing uh, Metroid because I've been really enjoying it. Um, Is Vanguard out in your area or am I ahead of myself? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, but I'm not getting it because I don't want to play a World War II shooter. Um, But uh, because a a few of the friends I played the game with yesterday asked uh, us as a group. Said like, hey, has anybody got Vanguard? And I was like, no, I'm not going to be getting it. Um, because again, I just don't want a World War Two shooter. It's it's kind of as simple as that. Um, yeah, I had a couple of friends of mine talking about that, and the way they were talking about it, I couldn't tell if it was already out or about to be soon released. But like I've said before, I don't really play shooters that much, so it's not like I've been tracking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it came out on the fifth, the Friday that's just gone. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, and then on the because on the main uh, menu for Call of Duty, it says purchase Vanguard. Purchase Black Ops, Cold War, Play Warzone, and then it's got the Modern Warfare. So they've got four things kind of ongoing at the moment, which is which is interesting. Because um, I, I just wonder when they're going to take Modern Warfare uh, 1 offline. I mean, it's only been out for two years. The game's not actually that old. Because uh, even like Destiny 1 and 2, people still play those and everything. Um, maybe once Modern Warfare 2 is out, so if that is going to be next year's game, that would be my guess um because because then you can kind of have one cold war game one world war 2 game and one modern warfare game running as alongside warzone 
So I don't know. We'll we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, but yeah, that's everything I've been playing. I've been really enjoying Metroid, as I said. Um, I don't know how long I've got left of it, but I keep unlocking things and progressing. So that's uh, that's pretty good as well. Um, also, it doesn't play too badly on uh, Joy-Cons or like in, in handheld mode. Because uh, I do have like a grip thing with it, which is which is good. So I've I've tried that like a couple of times. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, anyways, do go into some housekeeping and then we'll go into some news afterwards. We'll see you in a minute for those. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I uh, had the United cast episode on, when was the 6th? On Saturday. Uh, Man United lost again, this time 2-0 uh, at home, sorry, to... Uh, Manchester City but if you're watching the game you'd probably think the Man City were the home team because they were just passing the ball around uh, there's a lot of discussion as to what's happening with the manager but he has not been sacked as of this moment so we shall see but there's now a two week international break I believe the 20th which I think is a Saturday uh, is when Manchester United return uh, to play against Watford so we'll see how that goes last week on Gaming Talk um we did uh, did that. We talked about Amy Henning. Uh, she's going to be working on a Marvel game with her new company uh, called Skydance, which is great. We speculated on what that could be, what characters it could be for, because we don't know which Marvel character it's focusing on. And speaking of Call of Duty, we talked about Call of Duty's future with uh, certain things regarding Vanguard and the rumoured things for uh, Modern Warfare 2 which is possibly going to be next year's game. Uh, Walking Dead, Well Beyond, still continuing. We're up to Season 2, Episode 5. We'll be covering Season 2, Episode 6 tomorrow. 
Uh, elsewhere on the United cast, we drew 2-2 to uh, Atlanta. 2-2, yeah, 2-2 to Atlanta. Uh, sorry, Atalanta in the Champions League. But again, no football for two weeks now. I uh, did a podcast for my impressions for the Guardians of the Galaxy game. This is the IDOS Montreal game, the new one, not the Telltale game. So I talked about that. Did a podcast discussing the Lightyear trailer and the future of Toy Story. And that was really fun to do as well. Did a must-play review for Vader Immortal uh, in VR. That's available on PlayStation VR and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, did a TV talk recently with Grey. I think that was about a week or so ago. Uh, we talked about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, uh, Invasion on Apple TV+, Plus, Good Girls on NBC and uh, Netflix over here, and also talked about DC TV as well. Uh, Fitness the Flash, Flash podcast as well. So that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. I am trying to see, trying to get round to seeing Eternals. Hopefully I will do that very soon. Um, I'm going to try and get that done by at least the weekend, if not possibly before that. So we'll see when I can do that. Um, and there will be some other episodes soon for other things as well. But that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us as well on your favourite podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Let's start off with a little bit of where is my screenshot gone? Uh, for Horizon, that's not the right one. It is not that one either. I should probably organise these screenshots a bit better, but it is what it is. There we go. Right. Uh, so Horizon Forbidden West, of course, the upcoming sequel to Horizon. Uh, what was the first one called? Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn, the, the first one. Um, so this just a little like tidbit kind of thing. It says Horizon Forbidden West's robot animals will make use of ideas that couldn't be achieved on the first game, including different behaviors, abilities, and weaknesses. So something kind of small, but maybe quite significant. Because uh, yeah, most of the time it was what robot dinosaurs kind of thing. Uh, there was like those uh, giraffe type of things that were like that was used for to scan the map. Uh, now, in this picture that IGN released with this information, uh, they've got an elephant-looking type of robot. I don't remember any... Were there any elephants in the first game? I, were, don't, I don't remember any. There were the really, really tall giraffes that you used to unlock map uh, location points of interest. But that's about it that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good for, uh, it says here, different behaviours, abilities and weaknesses. I mean, a lot of the... This isn't to criticise the first game, it's to more attempt to look at what they can do to evolve the second game. Um, I think it'd be interesting if they attacked you in different ways, because for the most part it was either they ran at you and tried to hit you, or they tried to blast you with like a beam of, of some kind. I don't remember too many other sort of different types of attacks uh, and that's fine you know that was the, the the first attempt at the game and they they did a great job with it but i think like i've said before with horizon i think it's going to have to look at ways that it can kind of try to evolve 
uh, its gameplay. That's one thing that you could do. Um, anything particularly you'd like to see in Horizon regarding the uh, the enemies, I suppose? Well, not so much the enemies. The biggest pet peeve I had with the game is that a lot of the quests, a lot of the quests that you would get would kind of hide in the background because they were kind of how to use this weapon, how to use that weapon quest. And unless that quest was active, even using that weapon to do the thing that you were supposed to do didn't count for the quest. So when I got close to the end of the story, I was looking through my quest log and I saw I had like, I don't know, 20-some-odd quests of how to do this, that, and the other that I'd already done like three or four times but never counted, um, mm. which ultimately didn't make a big deal because, like I said, I was finishing it for the story. Yeah. I'm not a 100%er, so I don't complete the game. But that was just more of a, a coding pet peeve than anything else. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that could probably be improved is the actual melee combat. I don't think that was very inspiring. Um, but again, that's what you can do in sequels. You can look at what did work, do more of that, look at what didn't, and improve those aspects. Uh, but it was still a great game. I think we both really enjoyed it, at least from what I remember. Uh, but it'll be, is it five years next year? Yeah, 2017 was the was when the first one came out. But hey, sometimes these games do take a long time to, to be uh, to be made. Um, but yeah, different behaviours, abilities and weaknesses. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for the most part, it was kind of, here's the bow that you can use to take off the armour, like explode the armour. And then once the armour was off, it exposed the weak points of like these robot dinosaurs. And then it was a case of like spamming those with like other like flame arrows or or something, which still worked great. It was still a ton of fun. Like it was really fun to use. I think it was like the purple one, like the explosive arrow, and you could shoot that at a dinosaur, and you'd see the, all these bits fly off of it. And then you could like set it on fire, and you'd see it on fire, and then you could do other things to it as well. Um, that was still really fun and really great to do. It's just how can you? use some of those different ideas I suppose like a exploding and then fire what else can you kind of do with it I know that there was other things like you could use these ropes that you tied to the ground and if I remember you could use like a trip wire I think you could like set it at one area and then like run somewhere and then set it down try to get the robot to run through it and that would trip it up um those are all great ideas um I think maybe towards the end of the game I didn't quite use all of them as much as I sort of should um, because it's one of those, like, kind of panic things where you see a massive robot running towards you and you're just like, shoot it with arrows, shoot it with arrows, and you don't necessarily think about using the other equipment. Um, do you remember what you tended to use more? Like, any particular arrows, or how, how did that go for you? It would kind of depend on the weaknesses of the robot, because you could use your focus to scan, and so I would just see what I needed for that monster and then made sure I was stocked up on the arrows, you know, quick crafting, and then just use that. Because I know some, you had to do that one arrow. It was like an air compression thing to where it hit, and then burrowed in, and then blew pieces off from the outside, but it wasn't like a explosion-explosion. And then some, you had to hit fire. And I do remember the tripwire thing. I don't remember using it a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I mean. So, um, But we know that some of this is going to be in, like... Uh, there's going to be some more water-based things. I don't know if there's going to be combat specific to that. So we'll have to uh, have to see how that goes. 
what else have we got here? Um, right, moving on from that. Uh, very much looking forward to it still. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we've so we've seen some of it so far, and we've seen some new kind of elements. Uh, it's just a case of to see if we... Uh, we'll probably get another state of play with it in. Because uh, it's going to come out... I think it's February or March for, for next year. Like Q1-ish for uh, for next year. So, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Battlefield 2042. Which I have kind of warned people about a little bit. <laughs> uh, Battlefield 2042 has reportedly leaked. And fans aren't happy with the number of weapons. I uh, didn't check it for myself, but a lot of people were saying that it was 22 weapons, so I'm going to believe those people. Uh, 22 weapons. I know you're not a first-person shooter online player, Robert, but if you were given a game, an online shooter, and you were given 22 weapons to start with, uh, I think this is across all categories. So obviously, you've got snipers, pistols, shotguns, uh, LMGs, uh, submachine guns, assault rifles, you know, maximum rifles, probably... Um, how does 22 sound to you? Does that sound like a good amount? Sounds like I'm picking three and just sticking with that. Yeah, that that was what some people said was like, hey, they usually stick with two or three. Um, I can see there are certain players that do that. I mean, I would say probably 60% of players I come across on Modern Warfare are using an AK-47 because it's known to be the most powerful gun on the game. Um, I got bored of kind of doing that, so I do like to use different things. I'm using a uh, carbine rifle at the moment, actually, alongside a pistol. Uh, sometimes I like to use a shotgun. Uh, sometimes I like to use the MP7, which is like a submachine gun. Uh, sometimes I use the AMAX, which kind of is similar to an AK-47, but it's a lot more uh, steady, actually. Um, but those are the ones that I tend to use. I mean, 22 at launch... That's not a bad number. Um, it's just like... It, it, it's going to... I feel like when you do that, it's going to be okay. Let's be like a kid in a candy shop and look at everything first. Like, okay, n- new weapon, new weapon, new weapon. Let's let's see what they're all like. And if you're doing that, I suppose you can get through 22 weapons quite quickly. Um, but uh, there was this poll that somebody put in the comments of this. And they said, what's more important to have... Uh, more weapons at launch or more maps at launch. I voted more weapons, um, just because that's what I felt like doing. Uh, but the vote was more for uh, more maps. Um, but that's the thing as well. Like Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 2019 has got. I haven't actually counted before. I'd say probably about 15, 20 maps. Maybe I've not actually counted. So I, I, that's just my rough kind of estimate. But there's probably about. Six to eight of them that I like. Five maybe that I'm like, okay, I could give this a go. And then maybe two or three where I'm like, oh, God, um, we're on this map. And there's like, you know, it's it's, it's bad. Because um, a lot of people don't like sort of smaller maps. Like the uh, there's m- maps called Rust and Killhouse, which a lot of people don't like. Um, just because, again, they're, they're kind of smaller maps. But that's what I prefer, actually. Just because it's that sort of like fast-paced, uh, close-quarters sort of combat. That's just what I li- how I like to play. But then again, I do like to go on a map such as Arklov uh, um, Peak, which is like a really big map with like big trenches and stuff, and uh, you can do some good like sniping and long-range sort of shots and and that kind of thing. So that that can be that can be fun as well. Um, what would you say is more important to have more weapons or more maps at launch? 
Well, that would kind of depend on the type of match that you were doing. If it was like a straight kill count, single or team, probably more maps because that would get you more experience into it. If it was something else to where mm-hmm. it was a longer time involved on each individual map, then maybe more weapons to find the best effective weapon for that for your playstyle. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But I, again, I'm, I might be wrong about this. But I think this game is going to be very bad at launch because the beta that I played, what was it, th- two, three weeks ago? I can't remember when I gave my impressions of that. Was really horrible uh, in every way, shape, and form. Um, like, I mean, I didn't even really get into too many of the glitches that I saw. It was just for me, I played about was it 15 minutes or something and i was like these weapons just feel so bad to use like just so unbelievably bad and then they still said hey no we're gonna launch on uh november 19th which is in 10 days because it's november 9th as we're talking now uh and it's like yeah that you might want to delay your your game but uh, they don't seem like they're going to but um we'll see if there's any last minute kind of thing i haven't seen anything about it going gold yet so we'll uh we'll see how that works out uh, what else do we have? Uh, you got this story as well. This is about the Metal Gear Solid uh, situation. Uh, so somebody called Wario64 on Twitter, this is a verified account, said uh, digital versions of Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3, so PSN, XBL, eShop. Um, is that on the Switch? Nintendo eShop? Oh, uh, no, they never made it to the Switch. Okay, what's the eShop? Uh, I think it's just the Nintendo Store. Oh, okay. Um, GOG and then Shield. I'm guessing those are two other things. Uh, will be temporarily. Yeah. Huh? GOG is good old games, and then Shield is the Nvidia Shield. Their attempt at a gaming service. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid Two and Three will be temporarily re- temporarily removed starting tomorrow, November eighth. Obviously, this was yesterday that this happened. Konami is currently working on renewing licenses uh for select historical archive footage used in game and then there's some uh yeah so yeah so they said here that they want to renew the licenses for these games uh because you can currently buy them you can buy them on the xbox store and you can buy them on the uh, psn i think that's only on ps3 and vita though because you can't you can't buy metal gear solid 2 and 3 on uh, playstation 4 um, yeah, how, I wonder how come they didn't renew these licenses in time, uh, whether it's going to be like a few days that they're not on the store for, or what What do you think kind of happened here? Well, more than likely, the, considering it's an in-game footage and it's video archive, obviously that's not something they can buy the rights to in perpetuity. They probably bought it not expecting the game to still be relevant 10 years down the road. So they maybe negotiated like a 10, five-year license, something like that, and then just got to the point to where the licensing was up, and then maybe they didn't want to pay as much money. Maybe the people that own the rights wanted more money. You know, negotiations, things like that can drag on for the weirdest reason. Yeah, yeah, it's just... uh. Metal Gear and Konami is a strange relationship these days. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you've still got their pachinko machines. 
but um, I mean, when when I when I've said previously that I don't expect Konami to do anything with Metal Gear, this wasn't what I was talking about. I wasn't expecting this license thing to come up because I hadn't even had it on my mind. So we will see uh, what happens with those. But they'll probably, I guess, then be restored at uh, some point soon. So yeah, uh, I don't know if they're back on the store now. I didn't see any sort of updates from them. Uh, but I'm guessing we'll see more from that when uh, when that comes up. So, so that's interesting. So it's Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Metal Gear Solid 1 is a PlayStation 1 game that you can actually get on the PlayStation Classic. Uh, there's still Metal Gear Solid 4, 5. And then there's the um, Peace Walker game as well. Because I, I don't think that's... Because I think 4 is called... Is it pa- something of the Patriots? I I, I think... And then 5 is Phantom Pain. Uh, and then they've got the, the other one. So I wonder why this happened with 2 and 3 and, and not the, the other games. So, because Metal Gear Solid... The other, games probably, the other games probably just didn't have that licensed material in it. Mm, yeah, because with, with Metal Gear Solid 1, it's not really on a storefront, per se. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, maybe you can get that as a PlayStation 1 classic. Because they do have like this their selection of... Uh, PlayStation Classic games on the three and and Vita stores, but I've never seen them listed on there. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, move on from that and talk about a fun mystery uh, that's going on. So, uh, Roger Clark. If you don't, for those of you who don't know who Roger Clark is, he voiced Arthur Morgan, who was the main protagonist of Red Dead Redemption Two. Just finished filming an undisclosed video game with Troy Baker, who I'm sure many of you have heard of before, because he's, you know, he's, he's been in a couple of games here and there. Uh, he was obviously Joel from uh, The Last of Us, and he was also... Uh, Nolan North was Drake in Uncharted. I think Troy was Sam. Uh, but Troy's obviously been like a bunch of characters over the years. I think he's voiced Joker for for a couple of Batman games. Uh, he's worked on the Borderlands games, I think, and a whole bunch of other things as well. Uh, a lot of people have speculated that this is the Wolverine game. I could see Roger Clark's voice fitting with the Wolverine character. I could also, I mean, you know, Troy's obviously got a number of voices he can do, because he's done a number of voices over the years, so maybe he can, uh, alternate his voice to sound like Wolverine. But if I think of how, like, Arthur Morgan sounds in... Uh, Red in Red Dead Redemption Two, that's kind of you can get some sort of like Wolverine voice out of that. Uh, I mean, you know, Troy also did Joel. Joel's got that kind of you know that 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 gritty middle-aged man kind of voice that you do get with uh, Arthur and with uh, Joel as well. Uh, what do you think that they are working on? Hard to tell, really. I mean, it's undisclosed, so it could be anything. We haven't heard really any kind of leaks of any new big video game coming out yet, but if they're just doing the voiceover work, then there's probably not enough to put out to the public to get any kind of hype video going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think this is for Wolverine? Do you think one of them's got that role? Uh, it's possible. I don't really know, because then we we probably would have heard something about that by now. Hmm. Yeah. Because in the in the teaser trailer, we didn't hear Wolverine talk, did we? I don't think. Not that I know of. No, I think there was like music playing. Somebody approached him at the bar. He got the claws out, and I think that was that was all that we kind of heard. 
So, um, and it it does show that they're working together. So it could be one or the other one, uh, and then the other one's voicing somebody else. Um, what other characters do you think could be in the Wolverine game? Do you think we'll see like Professor X, possibly? Uh, possibly, but more likely, it's going to revolve around the the known regular villains of the Wolverine game, uh, Sabretooth, uh, anybody from the Weapon X program. If we're lucky, maybe a little Deadpool is for some comic relief. Um, the yeah. one military dude, the Striker, I think the guy's name is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to take a guess, I'm going to say that um, Arthur, uh, Roger, who voices Arthur, I'm going to say that he's Wolverine and Troy is Professor X. That's going to be my guess. Uh, what would your actual guess be? Uh, one of them is Wolverine, and the other Sabretooth. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about Sabretooth. Yeah, he's like the main, he's like Wolverine's main villain, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Who who knows? Troy could be voicing Professor X and Sabretooth or something. So, yeah. But uh, no, I can see that Arthur voice fitting with uh, with Wolverine. So we shall see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a photo of them in in mocap and and that sort of thing. So. But when is Troy Baker not in mocap because he works on like every game? So which is good, which is good because he's a great voice actor, so and performance person. Uh, let's move on from that. Talk about uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, just a small little update, a little uh, window release update. Uh, it says Warner Brothers, who's obviously the uh, they're not the studio, they're the publisher. I think I can't remember the name of the studio, uh, the development team, but they are going to be the publishers. Warner Brothers Games. Uh, has hinted that Hogwarts Legacy may arrive in the second half of 2022. So that's supposed to be, what, April, May, June? Because I think Q, Q1's supposed to be, what, January, February, March? And then April, May, June is Q2, I think? Would you say yeah. that's right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And then and then Q3 is, like, summer, autumn-ish, and then Q4 is, like, the rest of the year. So, um, yeah. Second half of 2022, I think that makes some sense. Uh, there is quite a few games coming out still in the first half of 2022. Uh, if I'm to think of a few ones, there's a lot of games coming out in February. I think Dying Lights 2 is one of them. Uh, Horizon, like we said, I think is February or March. Uh, we don't know about God of War yet. Uh, there's a game coming out in January that I can't quite think of. But yeah, there's a, there's a few games that are coming out in that time period. Um, what do you think? Do you think this will hit in the second, let's say, Q2 of 2022? Probably get closer to Q3. Q3. Not in, in Q3. Okay. So do, you, so do you think after E3, which is like usually June, we, we usually get that? Yeah, probably after E3. Okay. Okay. We'll give them one more chance to sort of promote it, I suppose, if, if that's the case. Um, so we've both seen gameplay for this. Uh, I've said that this is probably I don't know about my most anticipated game because I'm looking forward to. I still haven't played Ratchet. I'm looking forward to Dying Light Two, uh, and I'm looking forward to this plus the two other DC games, uh, Suicide Squad, and what's it called, Gotham Knights. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I've also got games that are further out like Spider Man Two, the Wolverine game. Uh, well, it's a long, long way away, but I am looking forward to Amy Heading's Marvel game. But that's going to be a few years before we see that one. Uh, where would Hogwarts Legacy sit in your like list of anticipated games? Are you looking forward to it? 
or not really much interest? Not really much interest, but then again, my age, I'm I'm, I'm kind of outside the window for Harry Potter. I mean, I have seen mm-hmm. the movies. Um, I haven't read any of the books, but I don't have kids that would have grown up on the movies and the books, so I don't really have that connection. It's more of a, hey, this is in the public sphere, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on it more than, oh my god, that's the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's in the mix for me of like anticipated games. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more footage of it whenever we get that, and uh, ultimately a release date, hopefully at some point. I just think there's a lot of really good things going for this game. I think it looks great, and I'm not I'm not talking about visually. I'm talking about the with the gameplay that we've seen. I think separating it from Harry Potter because it's going to be set way before all of that story. Uh, still might get some little references or Easter eggs here and there. That might be a, a cool idea to do. Um, but mostly I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of spells can be put into this game, uh, what you can do, like what you can interact with. Can you ride any, can you ride a broomstick at some point? Can you play Quidditch at some point? Can you, I don't know, get your own owl? Probably that's quite a big, like, um, wizard sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing what type of spells we can kind of get. And obviously you can do some, uh, very cool RPG kind of stuff with that as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but that should be... Warner Brothers has said Q2 for 2022 for that. So uh, in a few months time, I guess. Uh, this is more of the rumour mill kind of thing. Uh, I didn't deliberately leave this till last. But it is the last thing that I've got to talk about. Um, there's, a re- there's a thing posted from Game Rant. Um, this was posted yesterday. And this is rumour PlayStation may announce a big remake in December. So nothing to really go off of apart from, I guess we could think, first party for for Sony. Um, There is, of course, as I've said before, all of the slew of 90s video games that we keep going back to, which I've really enjoyed doing so. Uh, We are running out of some of those games. Uh, The ones that we've got left that could be remastered are not really first party PlayStation games, so if you think of the likes of Tomb Raider, that's obviously Square Enix, uh, Metal Gear Solid Silent Hill Castlevania, those are all Konami, and then if you think of, if you were to do any more Spyro games, those would be Activision now. Um, The only ones I can possibly think of is, so if you're going to go back to the platformer well, uh, you could do Sly Cooper, you could do Gex or Croc, you could possibly do... I don't know where this sits in the... Who owns it. But Legacy of Kane, Given that Amy Henning. Who worked on that game. I think for Square Enix. I think that's what we talked about last last time. Her sort of CV. Uh, I think... Because she's obviously at Skydance. So I don't know how that would work for first party. But that's like a PlayStation game in, in the past. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure who's got the uh, the rights to uh, Legacy of Kane at the moment. But that would be a big one. Um, Jack and Dexter possibly, but I I don't I don't know I don't know because that would be obviously Naughty Dog and those are still Sony first party, so that's possible. But Naughty Dog's probably busy with the uh, Last of Us remake and Factions Two, um, unless of course they gave that to like Blue Point or or somebody, um, or uh, who's the other company that remakes things for them, uh. Yeah, Blue Blue Point's a, a big one for them. So Blue Blue Point could possibly do something like that. Uh, what do you think this game could be? This potential uh, it says big remake. So 
Uh, it's probably not Bubsy 3D. That would be my guess. Uh, but what do you think this could be? Um, decent possibility. If it's something like a shooter, then maybe the Resistance comes back. Yeah. You know, they had three yeah. of those games. If you're looking for a 3D kind of a game, Infamous 1, 2 HD remake for the next gen would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kick those uh, games back to life. Uh, yeah. Infamous was um, the Sucker Punch, Ghost, the Ghost of Tsushima devs. Pretty sure that's. I think yeah. yeah I think it's them. Yeah, I think it's them. Uh, they're the same ones that did. I'm trying to remember my PlayStation history. I th- I'm pretty sure those are the ones that did Sly Cooper. Uh, could have that wrong, but that's that's what I think. Um, but yeah, that would be a way to kick off the Infamous IP again. Because um, I think they've got a choice to make with Infamous. I know that they've got the character called Cole. And then you've got the other guy from Infamous Second Son. Whose name I can't remember. Uh, it's a case where... Uh, like You could get away with probably rebooting those games. But then... Some people did really like the two Infamous games. So there's room for... There's room to pick that IP up again. And kind of do something with it. So that's a possibility. Yeah, both uh, Infamous games are the PS3 era, so yeah. you wouldn't just be able to port them. You'd have to actually completely redo the code. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same with Resistance 1, 2, and 3. Um, you'd have to redo the code on those, so those would have to be a complete scrap and remake, but, you know, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Um, who's got Resistance? That's uh, in, Is that Insomniac? Or am I thinking of the wrong... Uh... No, no, that's that's Gorilla, that's Gorilla Games, yeah, for uh, Resistance, because they're the, they're the same ones that did Horizon, aren't they? So I'm just trying to remember the different PlayStation. No, uh, Resistance was Insomniac Games, Bent Studio. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I'm pretty sure Gor- Gorilla did. Uh, uh, did didn't they do a the the launch shooter, the launch game? Shooter for uh, PS4. Not that I know of. I'm sure. I'm sure that was uh, was Guerrilla Games. So anyway, yeah. um, I double checked. Infamous is Sucker Punch. So okay, okay, I got that one right. So that's good. Um, yeah, it could be really any. We've mentioned what five or six different uh, different games there. Um, there's been some hints about Sly Cooper possibly coming back. So that's like the platformer possibility. I don't know where the interest lies with like a Croc or a Gex remake. Uh, I think Sony's still got the IP to those. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a few ideas you could kind of uh, play around with there. So we shall see. But uh, yes, there's announcement possible for December. That will probably be the Game Awards, I, I suppose. Um, if you're going to announce anything in December, it will probably be there, I'm guessing. Because that's what, like a four-hour show every year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which is which is not just the game awards; it's the game awards and game announcements show, which is which is cool. Jeff Keighley does a great job with that. So, there we go. Uh, that's everything I had to talk about. What did you have for this week? Uh, well, first up, uh, the director for Deathloop, Dinga Babaka, is the new head of Arcane Lion. It is spotted by VGC Babakaba, uh, and I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, so I apologize. Apparently took up the role this October following the departure of Romulan Caprone, who has been the developer for nearly 17 years. Uh, Caprone said that it was a very hard decision to make 
but he was feeling the need to try something new and also to have a bit more time for me and my family. As well as stepping up as head of the head of the company, the Cub will continue his role as co-creative director alongside art director Sebastian Mitten. Uh, Bacaba joined Arcane Lion in 2010, starting as a system design and associate producer on Dishonored, before co- becoming the lead designer and producer for Dishonored 2. He then took up the helm as game director and co-creator for Deathloop. Um, did you ever get a chance to play Deathloop? Uh, nope, nope. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I didn't. Um, uh, me, me neither, but um, I'm just waiting it for whatever time the exclusivity runs out and hopefully it'll still be part of game pass by then so yeah yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure in six months or something it will be on uh on game pass um yeah the the only interested part i had in Deathloop was i saw a video released by playstation and it had like a next gen dual sense features video and like how the dual sense Features reacted to what you were doing in the game, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, I'm looking for games in the future that got got more like intricate kind of features, and so that's kind of in line with that. But in terms of the actual, my actual interest in the whole actual Death Loop thing and what they were doing, it never really uh, caught on with with me. Uh, I've al- I have also heard from a few people. Um, I did hear from uh, Conan and Chris over on Sacred Symbols. Uh, they said that they kind of just didn't really sort of get on with it. Um, I know a few people that liked it. I think iGen gave it kind of like a eight or or something. Um, but uh, this is something I hadn't noticed, but Colin also mentioned as well. He said that the on the PlayStation Store that the game was really like dropped in price. I don't know if that's PS4 and PS5. He he was probably looking on the PS5, but I've not bothered to look at Deathloop on the, the PlayStation Store because why would I do that? Um, but I don't know. This seems like one of them. I don't know, like, PlayStation doesn't quite... I mean, I was going to say PlayStation doesn't quite want the game, but then they promoted it a whole bunch of times at State of Play. Uh, but I don't know. May, may, I don't think it's quite gone down so well. I don't think that's the reason for this person leaving, necessarily. But, uh, I don't know. It's... I, 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 I'd like to ask the question of... And this isn't Deathloop's fault, necessarily... Bethesda, before they were purchased by Microsoft or whatever the other... Is it Zenimax? Whatever they're called. Everyone says just, you know, they, they bought Bethesda, so that's just what I'm going to say. No, nobody says Zenimax or whatever their name is. Um, before Bethesda was bought by Microsoft, they had obviously put out a string of games that people hadn't really enjoyed. Apart from, like, Doom. Obviously, that's id software, so it's a little bit different. Um, I'm kind of wondering, with this Microsoft purchase, which obviously... Deathloop was in development before that happened as well. When we are going to get to an era when the games that have been developed by Bethesda under the Microsoft deal, when those will start coming out and how good those games will be. Because even Ghostwire Tokyo I think is the other upcoming one. That was in development before the the Microsoft deal. And we've got... I'm sure there's one other Bethesda game in in the, obviously we got uh, is it Starfield? Starfield was in development, but according to Heinz uh, and um, other people at Xbox, it got massively, massively retooled after the, the development. 
Okay. After the purchase, rather. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big game for uh, Microsoft and Bethesda. Uh, there's also, uh, obviously, we've got Elder Scrolls coming some point soon. Uh, which, again, that one was in development before. But, again, you could... It, it, it's so early in development, you could use the Microsoft deal to uh, push that forward. Because the one thing that will help Bethesda is the extra money from Microsoft. Because, obviously, their game engine had started getting really old. Uh, and obviously we saw how that worked with Fallout 76 and Skyrim's been released on every single console ever made uh, including the upcoming new Anniversary Edition which it will be called Anniversary every single other time it gets released as well uh, I'm just yeah, I'm just wondering when, we, when we're going to get to that era of games where it's like okay these games were fully developed under the Microsoft deal they've got that like uh, support behind it and to see what those games are going to be. My guess would be. That will be maybe with Elder Scrolls. And with Starfield. Just because those games are still probably quite far out. Uh, Ghostwire I think is going to be. The last of those. That are like pre. The Microsoft push. If you want to if you wanna call it that. So um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the this situation? Well for the game. It's either going to be Starfield. Or Elder Scrolls. Um, like I said, the Starfield got completely redone, basically, not co- from the ground up, because they still had all the concept art and the storyboarding and all that stuff. But in terms of the tech and the game engine, complete scratch, you know, complete square one on that. Yeah, Elder yeah. Scrolls Six. I mean, that's that's one that will come out eventually, but they don't have to rush it as much as Starfield because obviously they're re-releasing Elder Scrolls Five every other year. So that'll just keep the hype train going until 6 does eventually come out. Um, probably, if it's not one of those two games, then some sort of uh, HD remake um, for the next gen of either Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, or both. Yeah, yeah. I think they should remaster uh, 3, 4, and New Vegas. Um, I don't think 4 really needs a remaster. There's a... Well, you, you can do some, like, next-gen stuff with it, I suppose. Now yeah. that PS5 is, is here. And uh, Series X. So, yes, yeah, if you're going to do 3 in New Vegas, you might as well do 4 as well. I think. Obviously, that's more development time, but I'm just kind of throwing it in there as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, Bethesda in the future. But, uh, no, I'm I'm going to try the death uh, loop um, once I get a PS5, just to see what those features are like. If those features aren't interesting or or, or whatever, uh, or if I don't enjoy the game, then obviously I'm not going to play it. But um, that's like the only reason, only interest I've got to play Deathloop is to see what those haptic feedback uh, features are. So, uh, what else you got to talk about? How well to talk about the upcoming uh, um, Forza Horizon Five? Microsoft did another massive stunt. The Xbox AZN team, which is their Australian slash New Zealand team, uh, dropped a Polaris out of the sky from a helicopter at 4,500 feet, and then it parachutes to the ground, as apparently it does in the intro sequence to Horizon 5. Hmm. And then uh, they had a guy parachute out the plane with it, um, parachute down, get into the Polaris, and just start doing donuts, spinning up dust and uh, pink smoke, according to the video that I've seen here. Um the jumper out of the helicopter, Asi Khan, is wearing the Forza Horizon helmet in the video. And if you go to the Xbox AZN official Twitter account, 
and retweet the video, you have a chance of winning that helmet. Uh, this is not the first, second, or even third extravagant campaign that Xbox AZN did for a launch. Um, they turned Queenstown, New Zealand, into Greenstown to promote the Series X slash S launch a year ago. Uh, before that, they made the grease-proof Xbox controller. Before that, the Xbox body wash. And they were the ones behind the Xbox onesie. Um, more recently, along with the car dropping out of the sky, they created an Age of Empires-themed serial to promote the launch of Age of Empire 4. Have you seen the video yet? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Um, it's kind of cool. You can find it on YouTube on pretty much anywhere. So. Okay, okay. Um, but I've heard about people getting excited for uh, the new Forza. Uh, it's not really a game that's in my wheelhouse, but, you know, if other people enjoy it, if it turns out great, then that's obviously very good for them. Just the same thing with, like, you know, Animal Crossing. Uh, it's not really my, my kind of thing. Um, I am tempted, actually, to try Animal Crossing. I've heard some good stuff about the new update, and just any time I hear anybody talking about Animal Crossing, they always they always describe it as just relaxing and therapeutic and a great game as well. So, um, hey, I could probably rent it and then... You know, kind of go from there. That doesn't mean. That doesn't mean I'm going to sink 700 hours into it, but. Um, yeah. But I'm gonna. Uh, I I'd like to give it at least a try. So. Did you see any of the photos from uh, Mel's Twitter page? Uh, no, I I don't think I did. Uh, Mel, also known as her name is Malula, who I've talked about a few times on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can go back to, and check out the interview that I did with her about a year ago. Yep. Um, her and her boyfriend, I now, were out shopping in the mall. And they went by a Build-A-Bear workshop. And they had the Tom Nook Build-A-Bear. So she went into the store and she was the up salesman dream. Because first she's getting the Build-A-Bear as Tom Nook. And then the salesman is like, well, we can add this speaker function to where it does no uh, noises from the games. She's like, okay, yes. And then she says, well, you can also get this um, other noisemaker into his chest so that he has a beating heart. And she's like, okay, yes. And then there's like, well, here's this backpack that you can use that only fits this Build-A-Bear, but then you can carry around as a backpack. And she's like, okay, yes, but you got to stop talking now. <laughs> and so 50 pounds later, she has maybe a foot and a half tall uh, random noise making Tom Nook build a bear and it's just it's too adorable that's cool that's cool yeah um yeah that's that that sounds really great um I so you said that was on Twitter or did you mean Twitch it, it, it's up she showed it on Twitch it's okay. on her Twitter page I don't know if she put a video on TikTok but if you're familiar with I know he did a few shots of her after the fact where she's just Got little Tom Nook and the backpack carrying around the mall, so. Nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's the exact type of customer that you want. One that you say, hey, do you want this? Yep. Hey, do you want this? Yep. Hey, do you want yep. this? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I suppose it's like when you go to buy a new phone and they're like, hey, do you want to buy insurance? No. Uh, oh, wait, you can buy a case? No. Uh, oh, you can buy, you can have this tablet as well, which is like five pounds a month extra. No, don't really want that as well. Just, just came in for the phone. Just came in for my my upgrade for the phone. But you know, it's, you understand that's that's part of their job. They have to do those things. They've probably got certain targets that they need to sell a certain amount of something before a certain date. So, 
Um, Fun little uh, tangent. The last job that I ever worked that I worked retail is the reason why I refuse to work retail anymore. It was for an electronics store, and I won't name the store because they're out of business, so it don't matter. But my supervisor gave me a formal verbal warning for not selling a $45 extended warranty on a $50 graphics card. Wow. That is a true story. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, good stuff with all that. Uh, but back to Forza. Um, yeah, I hope the game does well. You know, I want people to enjoy it. They enjoy the game. Um, usually, every year I hear that Forza's done like a pretty good job. Uh, you know, you got the new Series X now that can take advantage of that, and vice versa. So, yeah, good, good stuff all around. Good stuff. Um, did you you have got Animal Crossing, haven't you? Or am I mistaken? I, I haven't. I've played a little bit of it. I just I have to keep myself from getting sucked into it because I know if I sit and play it like focused, I'll lose like nine hours of my life. That's kind of what I'm afraid of, but, uh, yeah, so, well, not afraid of, but that's what I'm, uh, thinking about as well, so, uh, while you read the next story, I'm gonna add it to my boomerang list, so what do you want to talk about next? Well, speaking of, uh, automotives, and fittingly enough, graphics card, um, you might not be seeing an NVIDIA card anywhere soon from EGA, posted on its forum, EVGA said that a heist took place on October 29th. 29th. Thieves apparently uh, surrounded, stopped a semi-truck, and then made off with an unspecified number of GE Force RTX cards. Uh, these cards are in high demand depending on which model it is. The value can range between $330 and $2,000 US. Uh, they did not release how many units are on the truck. Um, and I'm saying semi because most things like that do get shipped with semis. It's not like a whole truck of these cards, um, I've worked with people in trucking, and unless it was like an exclusive load truck, there'll be five, six, sometimes eight, nine, ten different deliveries off of one truck, you know, for space savings, because you don't want to have something the size of a desk on a 56-foot-long truck. That's just a waste of space, gas, time, and money. Um, but uh, these cards, there are cards, and there is obviously a big value for them. This place in route from San Francisco to Southern California Distribution Center. If you know of this or any other theft, there is an, actually an email address called stoprtx30theft at evga.com where you can turn in tips for thieves like that. But I imagine something like that's going to be, hey, this website, this one you know, auction website user who has no history, no bids, and no sales suddenly has 50 cards for sale. That might, you know, be a little suspicious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks when this stuff happens, obviously, when anything gets uh, gets stolen. Um, don't have too much to add to, to that, but um, hopefully the situation gets sorted. But, you know, they've already kind of, you know, long gone with these, uh, with these graphics cards. So... Yeah, uh, but these things happen with people getting things on the on the back of vans and and that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, what do you think of the situation? Uh, I think it's you know it's theft. So they they were they were pulling over a truck to steal something. They just happened to find you know something that's very expensive but also very easily portable. So. Mhm. Yeah. 
So, uh, by the way, I can um, I can get Animal Crossing New Horizon as a bonus game. Uh, a bonus game is because I've got two rental slots in my account, uh, which are taken at the moment with the Guardians game and the uh, the Metroid game. I need to send the Guardians game back. I should have done that a while ago. Um, but a bonus game I can keep as a third game for 14 days, and obviously if I send uh, games back, I can then move that into one of my rental slots, so I can uh, get that sent tomorrow, probably, because um, I'll redeem that in a minute, uh, which is good, because um, yeah, it's good that you can get uh, bonus games like that as well. So yeah, it's good that they won't take up any uh, rental slots, and I can try it for uh, for a bit of time, so that's good. Uh, all right, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is more Fallout from the Twitch hack that we talked about a couple, three times. Uh, this one is definitely going to be leading so, to some people going in prison. Um, according to the Middle East Eye paper, the something derived, at least that they could prove, on the link is money laundering through Twitch out of t- streamers in Turkey. Um, so for some context, in 2016, uh, Twitch introduced Bits, which are a virtual currency that viewers can purchase mm-hmm. and then use to cheer streamers. Um, for a U.S. dollar conversion, a single bit is worth one penny. You buy 500 bits for $7, cheer 500 bits to your streamer, they net the $5, um, Twitch takes us $2 cut, um, which is a very simple and straightforward sim- uh, system, and so the scam is as well. Thieves would use, would use stolen credit cards to purchase and donate large amounts of bits to willing streamers who would then refund, refund the bulk of the money into different accounts, keeping a small cut for their trouble, which is basic money laundering. Uh, the article that I'm reading references a few streamers who either have admitted to doing that or admitted to being um, approached to do that. Obviously, this is in Turkey, so some of the um, some of the quotes that are copy-pasted out of the article are being used for Google Translate, so they don't um, translate all that well. And plus, since it is um, in Turkey, none of these people that I've heard of, but according to the article, more than 2,400 Turkish streamers participated to some extent in the, in the scam, which saw nearly $9.9 million U.S., uh, Twitch has declined to comment on the specific number in a statement emailed to PC Gamer saying that only it has t- taken a- action against for abuse of the system, although it did not offer details on either the nature of the infraction or the punishment metered out. Uh, how much this will affect in terms of prison for money laundering kind of depends on Turkey, its legal system, which I'm not familiar with, and other factors which I'm not going to be able to research. So... Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh yeah, some some breaking bad stuff uh with you know money laundering and that obviously they do that in that show and probably at some point in Ozark of what I can remember from from that show. Yeah, with the with the money laundering, basically putting you know like uh stolen money into other accounts that you can then gather of course. Um but yeah, that's some uh big legal things that are that are going to be going on where, where did you say this was happening did you say china turkey oh turkey okay it's just it's usually china uh that's not me trying to offend chinese people it's just they have a bad country because of you know mul- multiple things that, that happen in that country as well 
Um, but yeah, from from Turkey. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm familiar with uh, with bits as well. Uh, I've watched uh, a chunk of Bex's streams, and uh, you know she uh, gets bits from from different people. And I've watched uh, Kadikarus as well. Uh, yeah, you basically give a streamer. <clears throat> I'm not sure what the minimum is for for a message, but it, uh, Kadikarus usually gets between like a hundred and two hundred for for each message, and then somebody can send a message to say something. Um, the kind of smart idea behind that um, with the with the the bits thing. Is when you've got somebody like Kadikarus and he's got like I don't know 400 people or I I don't know what his average viewership is. Now and then, now and again he'll bring it up. He'll say like, oh, so many people are kind of watching me and that's like really cool. Um, because obviously his chat's gonna be like scrolling and scrolling because you've got like hundreds of people chatting and there's no way that he can keep up with that while playing a game. Uh, it's sort of like I suppose if you've got a special message or like if if it's your birthday or something and you want him to say happy birthday or if you want him to if you want to let him know something specific uh you can you can do it that way which i which i think is good it's sort of like uh yeah it costs money to do it and some people obviously disagree with that kind of model but i don't know what else you kind of do in in that situation because when you've got hundreds of people in your chat and they're all typing messages to you one you're probably not even going to see them because they're just going to disappear off the screen and two there's no way you can like read all those things uh, as well, e- even if you're doing like a chat-based uh, Twitch stream, which obviously Bex does uh, sometimes as well, she does those, and then she does the video game streams. Even if you're not playing a game and you are reading off your chat, it's still probably going to be too quick to kind of respond to uh, to everything. So I I I do like the idea of uh, of bits, and they're entirely optional. You don't have to do them. Um, obviously, if you've got the money to to be able to do that, then that's. Uh, that's great. Uh, what do you think of this situation, and what do you think of uh, bits on on Twitch? Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to give people a way to support their streamer that doesn't necessarily involve spending money, because you can get uh, free bits by watching ads. Now, granted, it's not a lot. Last time I did that, I think it was like five bits to watch a thirty-second ad. So, oh, right. um, but as for the the voice thing, that kind of really depends on the streamer because they can set it up to anything they want. Um, some set it at 100 as like a baseline. I think it might default to that. Some can do it as low as like 10. Some will do it as high as like 500. It really kind of depends on the streamer itself. So, Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember which platform this is on, but I know that in, on some platforms you can do like a slow mode where you like you can type something in and then you're timed out for a certain amount of time. But I, that is Twitch, but that's something that's set on the mod end. Yeah, yeah. But I don't even know if that will like help you read four hundred people's messages. <laughs> so, um it would make it easier, but I don't know like how much easier. So yeah. Uh what else did you want to talk about? That's all I had. Cool, cool. Uh alright, let's move on to feedback, some emails. And whatnot. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of all the different news that we've discussed. Uh, what are you playing at the moment? We'd like to know that. Uh, is there anything that we recommended or something that you are playing from your own choice? I suppose. Uh, let us know. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information as well in your show notes. Also, if you're looking on the post on the website version for this podcast, if you scroll down a little bit more. Uh, you'll find a big email box. You can type in your email and your message in there. That will only get sent to me 
and then we can read your messages out that way. You can also click on the email name or copy and paste it and you can write in that way as well. Harrison says, question from Matt. Uh, you sounded excited by the Modern Warfare 2 news, so I thought it sounded pretty good. Is there anything particular you want from the game? Second question, what type of VR games would you like? I think you kind of mean in, in the future. Um, the one, the kind of the only thing I don't like about Call of Duty currently is the abandonment of the classic prestige mode and substituting that for a seasonal mode. Um, Call of Duty at the moment is in season, I think it's six or seven. I'm pretty sure it's six, but I don't know what's been different from season six, from like season two to season six. Um, actually no it wasn't season 6 they they reset it when uh, Cold War came out I think that there was 7 seasons with Modern Warfare and then they reset it after a year when Cold War came out and now they've got another 6 seasons so that's what like 13 seasons or, or, or something but I don't really know what's other than the addition of some new maps and guns which I'm happy with the amount of support they've given Modern Warfare for that because I've been kind of surprised by that actually but also yeah, there hasn't. Apart from the battle pass, which just gets you different themed versions of everything that's already in the game, and certain like gestures and emotes and sprays and that kind of stuff. Um, because at the at the moment, the only two gestures I can do is a thumbs up and a watch check. Um, you can get like different watches in the game. One of them's like a mini map you can have on your wrist. Uh, I've never known that to really help. And then one is like uh, you can see the time of day on your actual watch, like your actual time uh, in in real time. But then we've got like how many clocks that we can look at. So they they, they, could, they could probably do something more interesting with the watches um, if if they could do something with that. Um, but the original classic version of prestige mode how that worked is you would get to like let's say level 55 or level 70 or level 80 whatever it would be for that particular game let's say 55 you get to level 55 you've unlocked what you've unlocked you press prestige prestige mode it resets all of your guns and progress uh so you don't have like all the attachment for your guns i think you keep your guns skins so if you had like gold guns it would it would keep that because that's like a signature for your, for your gun. And then you'd, you'd reset all of that. So you'd go right back to level 1. But then you'd be prestige 1. And then you do that 10 times. Uh, I really like that idea. But how it works now. Is. There is still a prestige mode. But you don't click on it. And it doesn't reset your guns. And when we get to a new season. You get back reset back to prestige 1. Or prestige zero, I suppose, and then back to like rank one or or something. Um, I can sort of see what they were trying to do with the model. It's sort of trying to say, like, hey, try to get to prestige ten, or I don't know what it actually goes up to anymore. Try to get to prestige ten before the season resets. That's kind of the incentive and goal for the players. But uh, and then obviously along that way, you'd get more things from the battle pass. But that doesn't work the same way the old prestige mode did plus it doesn't reset any of your guns so you don't get that sort of like reset reward of like hey i'm gonna build my guns up again and unlock everything again uh that's like the main big thing i want them to bring back uh i don't think that they're gonna do it though because i think activision likes the uh seasonal mode for that because then they can put a new battle pass in every time 
and people buy the battle pass. Although you could still do classic prestige mode, have the seasons, and then you could still have a battle pass on top of that. Uh, you could actually combine both of them in a in a particular way because you could kind of have like your battle pass level and then your prestige level. Um, so I I don't know. So that's uh, that's that's the one thing I really want them to put in. Uh, keep putting in the classic maps that they have done. They they did a pretty good job with that with uh, Modern Warfare. They put in Rust. They put in Shipment. They put in Vacant. They put in Crash. They put in Hard Hat. They put in. Uh, what was the other one? I think there were some other ones from the other Black Ops games or, or something like that. But they put like five or six classic maps in. And two of them are my favourite Call of Duty maps. Which is Vacant, which is my favourite map of all time. And Vacant, uh, sorry, and Crash, which is my second favourite map. So they, they did pretty good with that. And all that content was free. So I didn't have to buy the Battle Pass for any of those. Um, and then they kept giving us new guns. If you remember, if you remember, Robert, I kept being surprised that they kept giving us new guns at a certain point. Because uh, oh, they're still supporting this game. So, but now that now that Vanguard is out, I don't know how much that's going to kind of happen. So, yeah. Uh, and there was one crossover gun from Cold War, but you had to be playing Cold War to get it. Which so I'll probably never get that gun. Uh, but I can't even remember what it was now. So. That's uh, that's I guess that's more than one thing, but the main thing is the prestige mode because it really brings a sense of progression uh, back to the game. So, uh, second question: uh, What type of VR games do I want? Uh, give me Vader Immortal too. I I loved the uh, the the uh, Vader Immortal game as I reviewed it. Um, when was it? Last week that I did that last weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I I I thought just alone. The idea of using your move controller as a lightsaber and you can move it however you want to physically move it. Like if you want to swipe left, up, down, whatever. I, I don't know how you do a lightsaber mechanic more perfectly than that. Because you've literally got a lightsaber in your physical hand that you can move physically how you want to. Instead of like smashing square and you just do a bunch of combos. Um, so... Uh, yeah, more of it doesn't have to be Vader Immortal. It can be something else. But there's there's a lot of things that you could do with that. Uh, Iron Man VR two would be great. I don't think that's going to happen. That didn't get a lot of conversation around it, unfortunately. Uh, but more more of those kind of things. Uh, you could even take the Batman Arkham game in VR and you could expand upon that. That would be that would be great. Um, if you did other games like uh, Blood and Truth, which was obviously the London heist uh, first-person shooter game, that was really great as well. Um, for the most part, I think if you're making a shooter game or a sword fighting game, there's a lot of good things that you can do in uh, in VR. So, um, I know these questions were aimed at me. I'm not going to ask you the Call of Duty question because obviously you don't play it. Um, what other kind of VR games do you think would be would be good? I think a race driving VR game could at least be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that might have some possibilities, especially when combined with the fact that they're already like pro level racing wheels. Yeah. If you just up that immersion into a VR game, that would that would be kind of cool. Um, outside of that, I really don't know. I mean, you covered all the ones that I know about at least enough to know that. Yeah, I, I remember you having. A good time with that so yeah it would be cool to get a sequel from so yeah yeah i'm just thinking of the games i enjoyed the most 
uh, what was the other one called? Not Bravo Team. Uh, the multiplayer game. There was a multiplayer first-person shooter game that once I got used to it because the controls were a little bit strange. Because uh, you can kind of have that with certain VR games. Like you jump in and you think, oh, this feels really weird to play. And then once you kind of adjust to it, maybe you adjust the way that you turn in your settings or whatever. It can really click. Um, it had three words in it. I can't. It wasn't Bravo Team. The fire something or other. Can you think of the one I'm thinking about? Um, no, it is. It was. I think it was the one of the first PSVR uh, games for, for PlayStation Plus. It was released as like a bonus game, but it's got a. It's got like a not really a single player. It's got like a terrorist mode, uh, which is like a wave after wave kind of thing, and then it had a multiplayer mode as well, which was which was pretty good. Uh, but I cannot think for the life of me what it's called right now. So. Um, that would be good as well. That was actually used with the uh, the DualShock Four, which made a bit of sense. It wouldn't quite, it wasn't, wouldn't have quite made sense to do that in uh, with the move controllers. So, yeah. Uh, and then Barry says, uh, "Long time, first time. Welcome." Uh, for third party developers, which ones do you trust? Who do you think is falling, and who do you think is underrated? So we've got kind of a triple question here. Third-party developers I trust. I mean, my favourite developer at the moment is Naughty Dog, but they are first-party, so I can't really use them as an answer. Uh, third-party developers. Um, third-party developers that I trust. I can't think of too many off the top of my head, because most games that I've really enjoyed over the last... Few, I, I guess, like, Toys for Bob would, would be one. Um... And like Vicarious Visions, those are the ones that did the Crash games. So yeah, pro- probably Toys for Bob, because they did Crash Bandicoot 4, which I felt gave a lot of love and respect to the original trilogy, while adding to it as well, uh, in terms of like the ideas. So probably Toys for Bob, my, my favourite uh, developer. Uh, oh no, said which ones you trust, uh, so not favourite, which I guess is can technically be the same thing. Uh, Toys for Bob I trust, Vicarious Visions I trust, um, those are two I can think of at the moment, uh, Infinity Ward, those are the, like, the ones that do, um, the Call of Duty games, I still do trust the other, like Sledgehammer, Raven, and who's the other one, because Raven I think is a support studio, Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, and I can't think of the other developer. They they make still, you know, I trust them to make good Call of Duty games. It's just not necessarily ones that I'm interested in. Uh, so you've got those. So I guess a lot of Activision stuff as as well. Uh, so let's answer these one by one. Which which third-party developers would you say that you trust, Robert? Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head and not being home. I can't look it up as easily. But the teams behind... Uh... Valheim and Medieval Dynasty, I think I would trust mm-hmm. with a more uh, high, more high-profile IP, just because both of those games um, they were developed on a small scale. Uh, they came out, they openly said, "Hey, this is an alpha. We just need tests, so it'll probably be broken. We're not selling a broken thing. We just we need to get more input on it." And they constantly improved. They constantly improved, especially with Medieval Dynasty. Outside of that. Um, Probably the developers behind Seven Days to Die because I started playing that game in Alpha 7 and they're getting ready to release Alpha 20. So clearly they've not just 
abandoned the game. They're constantly making improvements, constantly making uh, uh, updates to it, evolving the game to where if you look at footage from 7 to even to 15, it looks nothing like it. Um, they also support mod developers. So uh, um, a couple of people have done like full system mods for that game to make newer versions and different versions of that game. And they're fully behind it, so that I can always support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Double Fine, but they're owned by Microsoft now. Um, <laughs> people are probably going to laugh at me, but I still do trust CD Projekt Red. Uh, they are third party as well. Oddworld Inhabitants <clears throat> that uh, did the fantastic uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh, there's two others as well. Uh, whoever does the Dying Light games... And whoever does the Little Nightmares games as well. I can't remember the name of the, of the developers for those. Uh, but I trust those ones as well. So who do you think is uh, falling? So I think it still means third party developers. Um, a lot of Ubisoft teams. Uh, some EA teams maybe. Um... Who else would there be? Because um, I don't really trust Ubisoft in general, so by default, I don't really trust their development teams, I suppose. Um, who's the other company? C certain, not really id Software, because they did a good job with um, Doom Eternal. Wasn't kind of my cup of tea, but I still recognised it as a good game. Um, but maybe some of those over there at Bethesda. Um, again, we'll see how that changes in the future with the Microsoft thing. But... Uh, yeah, I suppose, um, well, technically Konami's a third-party developer, aren't they? Or like, the publisher, whoever works on those games, because um, we just saw what happened to uh, eFootball 2022. Um, so they haven't done a good job with things. They've been not had much to do, because there's been, like, Pez, and that's pretty much it. But, uh, yeah, those are the ones that I think are kind of falling a little bit. Um who do you think is falling in terms of third-party developers? Well, I would definitely put CD Projekt Red as falling. I wouldn't say that I distrust them completely. Um, I think they had way too much pressure yeah. to get that game out, but they are still trying to fix it. Um, same with uh, Bethesda. Obviously, um, Fallout 76 wasn't a great launch. They haven't had a, a whole lot of success with games after that, but they continued to work on 76, got it to a playable state, added a whole lot more stuff, never charged for the more stuff. I think they definitely hit themselves in the face with that whole uh, Fallout first thing with that paid service to add on to a free game. But I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I only remembered it because it came up in my uh, Xbox feed the last time I was on my Xbox as a claim your perk. I could get a month for free, but I didn't want to claim it because I didn't mm. know if that would start the auto charge of fifteen dollars a month, which I'm not paying for that game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which ones do we think are underrated? I'd pretty much pick uh, for those specific ones. I would pick the Little Nightmares developers and the and Oddworld inhabitants as well, because um, I wouldn't say CD Projekt Red is underrated i mean look at how much acclaim witcher 3 got so i wouldn't really say cd project red are underrated um 
I, I think a lot of people recognise what Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions did with Crash, so I wouldn't really put them in that category. It's maybe more, I think with the Odd World thing, it's more maybe just not many people kind of know about those games, so maybe it's just not they get, they're not really getting as much attention, but then that still is technically underrated, so I would just go with those two. Um, how about you? Until they were purchased by Microsoft, I would have put Double Fine in the underrated just because yeah, yeah. with the his, with the game of the original Psychonauts plus the history of games that Tim Schafer has made, he doesn't get enough recognition in the modern era. But then again, Microsoft's purchase helped bring that more to the forefront. Yeah. I definitely would agree with you on Little Nightmares. While I haven't played that game, I have seen it streamed a few times, and I'm like, that's a really cool game. Not something that I would play, but it's a really cool game. Mm, yeah, that's still a game with little with little nightmares one and two. Those are still games that you could still have the horror experience of, or like some of that horror experience without while like watching somebody play those games. Uh, I I still think that works. Obviously, you don't have like the first hand experience because you're not playing them, but those are still ones that you could like watch somebody play a uh, a series of. So. Uh, if I'm to throw a recommendation out there as well, uh, Mars, M-A-R-Z, she did uh, two very good series on, I think she did Little, yeah, she did little, little Nightmares 1 and 2, so I'd recommend, if you if you don't quite have the interest to play those games, search for uh, Mars, M-A-R-Z, uh, and then type in Little Nightmares on YouTube, and uh, go and check out her channel. She's, she's a very good content creator anyway, but uh, she does some really good stuff. So, speaking of that, I'm going to have to start preparing the... Um, month of positive creators for for January because that's going to come around sooner or later. I've got pl- I've got loads of people in mind, so I've not got like a shortage of selection. Uh it's just it's going to be more of a case of struggling to pick four people uh cuz I've got probably like 10 on mine that I could pick from. So yeah. Um that's uh, everything that we've got. Uh is there anybody that you'd not that I need more more recommendations, but um is there anybody that you would think of for like positive creators? Uh, definitely Mel. She's always mm-hmm. a fun positive. Um, you've already interviewed Bex. Um, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't rage quit would be a good one. R E C H. Don't rage quit. Um, Cyborg Angels another good one. Uh, we Claire another good one. Um, Calvin Hobbs. I need to find some time to interview him. Uh, for you know my the up, swimming upstream that I did a couple of, uh, he's a musician, which is hard as hell to do on Twitch these days. Um, Angels piano, definitely her as well. So yeah, uh, a lot of those people I've been you know trying to compile interesting things to talk about for the interview. And that honestly, that's the hardest part because I hate generic rote interviews. The two that I did with uh, Kira and Mel, those are more kind of like format testing than anything else mm. um just because i want it to be interesting and unique and not people answering the same nine questions over and over again yeah yeah so yeah there we go uh all right that's what we've got for you for this episode of gaming talk uh actually it's not what we've got uh i just wanted to read one thing quickly this is just a rentals list thing there was a couple of games 
added the other day that I added to my list. Uh, November 19th, uh, Kenya Bridge of Spirits. I kind of wondered where that game went, but then I realised it came out on PS4 later. Because it's out on PS5, I think, as well. So November 19th, so I've got basically 10 days between now and then to... Well, I, I would guess that I would possibly finish Metroid in the next 10 days. Um, and then I'm going to try and move on to that one. Then the uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, that's December 7th. That's the physical release date, I think. I think it's got a different uh, digital release date. I think that's November... There might be a November 11th or something. Uh, but the GTA Trilogy that I'm really looking forward to playing. Uh, those are the two that got uh, added recently as well. And um, I guess I'll be giving some impressions. I'll try and play at least like a couple of hours of Animal Crossing. I should get that by between thursday to saturday so i'll try and play a bit of it over the weekend and i'll uh, i'll give some impressions for that as well uh i can't promise that i'll i mean can you finish animal crossing i think you can um i think there's like a end you can get like an end credits to pop up because i've seen some like ending videos for it uh i know there's a whole multi i don't know if you can but it's one of those games that's what you don't try okay and it because it's all about the continuous experience like Stardew Valley and games like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'll try and play like, a couple of hours of it and then give some impressions for that next week. Uh, I'll possibly finish Metroid Dread by next week as well, so we'll see how all of that goes. And then I'll be playing the GTA games. And uh, are you going to try those out, the GTA remasters? Um, Probably not. I'm definitely going to try the Forza 5 when that hits Game Pass, because uh-huh. I love my racing games. Um, but nah, GTA was never really my interest. Okay, okay. So, uh, that's what we got, uh, coming up soon. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. I've got so many films to review, it's not funny. Uh, but I've got so many games to play and TV shows to watch and films to review and, you know, life, I suppose. <laughs> so... Uh, but if you want to hear us talk about some of those other things, um, you can find those podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United Podcast. I suppose I've got a bit more time now because there's no games for uh, the next two weeks, so that's good. Uh, you can also find us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk, so consider doing that as well. Uh, you can also let other people know about our content. You can either spread the word through just word of mouth or social media. So just tell other people what we do and where they can find it. Either word of mouth, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like to use uh, for that. Uh, you can also support us through Patreon. Uh, there's the $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast review options. So take a look at those as well. Um, you can find uh, David posting TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Go and check out this week's Geektown Radio episode. It did come out a few hours ago, so go and have a look at that uh, as well. Uh, Bex, who we talked about a minute ago, she streams very regularly on Twitch. You can find her over there, uh, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, on Twitch. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well. I'm going to have a little bit of an announcement uh, tomorrow about what uh, something new that I'm doing with Twitch. Uh, for Thursday, so just uh, look out on Twitter, eTalkUK. I'll probably post it on Facebook and and whatnot as well uh, for a little a, a little mini kind of series that I've got planned, uh, which will be taking place on Thursday. But look out for the announcement podcast or not podcast announcement tweet. I'll talk about it on Twitter, eTalkUK on Twitter. But you can follow me on Twitch, same name, eTalkUK on Twitch. So Twitter and Twitch, eTalkUK. 
pretty simple. So follow me on there. Uh, if you miss any of these streams, you can find them archived later on YouTube as well. Entertainment Talk Plays. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>